Hey, we want to welcome you to Life Center today. So glad that you've taken a part of your day to be with us. If I haven't met you, my name is Tyler and thrilled that you're here today. We're going to continue on in a series that we launched this last week entitled Grow. Can you say grow? That's our focus as we begin this brand new year, 2023. We're looking into the words of Jesus in John chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, you can grab those. If you didn't bring a Bible, it's okay. There's gonna be a big one up on the screen in just a number of minutes. Uh, but in, in this series, last week we started by looking at this simple truth that God is committed to your growth. How many know God wants you to grow? He wants you to grow in 2023. He wants you to produce fruit, that your life would be fruitful. But there's certain conditions where growth happens, and one of those conditions, the main condition, is connection. And not only is connection critical, but we also learned last week that God, because he desires us to grow and because he wants fruitfulness, he will actually show up and begin to prune some things back in our lives. Now, none of us like the cutting process until we see the fruit on the other side of it. And that's the way that God works in our lives. Today, if you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write this message titled down, The Measure of Maturity. We'll talk about the measure of maturity. This last week, once again, I learned the importance of connection. A number of weeks ago, my son was in a little bit of a fender bender. Thank goodness not his fault. Somebody hit him. But that means that the car went into the shop, and so that means that he gets to drive dad's car, which means I got to drive the world's ugliest rental car ever created. But the, the reality is my son, he, he spent the last number of days driving my car, and my car has one of those things that you like, you don't put the key in the ignition, you just hit the button. And one day last week, he comes running, it's the morning, he's got to get going to school, and he says, Dad, I can't find the key. And I said to him, you're the only one who's had it. Where's the key at? And he goes, I don't know. He goes, so can I use yours? Because we only have two keys. And I looked at him, I said, if you lose this one, you're dead. <laughs> and so he took off, and number of days went by, we're, we're searching everywhere in the house, and the dynamic was he had returned home, so obviously he got the key in the car somehow to get home, but now we can't find the key, and one of my coworkers, Carrie Prosser, looked at me, he goes, Tyler, did you try to just simply start the car to see if the key was inside of it? No, I didn't do that. And so a couple days ago, I, I have the car in the driveway and the, the other set of keys, the only set that we now have is, is in the house. And I pushed down on the brake and hit the button and guess what? The car started. Which means what? The key is in the car. And so I start searching through the car and guess what I don't find? The key. And now I'm just like, worked up because it's like you know it's here but you can't find where it's at and so last week after I was at the gym I have a couple of just loving dear friends 
Mick and Brett, they go out after a long workout and they begin to search through my car with me in this parking lot as it's raining because we are going to find this key. And we look under every floor mat. We begin to peel back the carpet. We look in every nook and crane. Nick, Mick is looking down the air vents, ladies and gentlemen, to see if somehow my son just decided to like put the key in the air vent. And guess what we find? Not the key. I'm standing 30 feet away from the car and I'm like, Mick, try to start it. And guess what the car does? It starts up. And so the key is somewhere in the car, but we can't find the key that's in the car. And we have the key that's outside of the car, but it's still working. And it's driving me crazy. And so I drive home, I pull into the garage, I unload the car, I put everything inside. I hang the one set of keys up on the key ring inside the house. And I say to myself, I'm going to try it one more time. I walk back to the car. The one set that we have is hanging where? It's inside the house. I get in the car, I hit the brake, push the button, a notification comes up, key fob not detected. Where is the key? So I start going through a process of elimination. Now, it, it worked without the key a moment ago, earlier that day, in the driveway, the key was hanging in the house, now the key's hanging in the house again, I'm actually closer to that and it's still not starting. What else did I have in the car that's not in the car now? My gym bag. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am my own issue. <laughs> I had to go and repent to my son. Judah, I am so Sorry, somehow, and, and I'm convinced I didn't do this. I don't know how the key got in there, but I did not put it in there. Because anybody else like me, you do not lose things. I do not lose things, except my mind when I can't find a key that's actually in the car. You know, I realized that day something important. Connection matters. Connection matters. You see, you, you could have a great vehicle, but... But if you have a key that has to be in certain proximity, the, the key has to connect, that vehicle is going nowhere quick unless you have that connection. Let me ask you an important question. How do you measure maturity? I want you to think about that for a moment. How do you judge, how do you measure maturity? Because here's what I know, in the world and the culture that we live in, a sure sign of maturity is independence. Isn't that true? I mean, when, when our kids were little, they couldn't feed themselves, we had to help feed them. They were dependent on us, but you don't want them to stay in that condition forever, amen? You, you want them to learn how to feed themselves. Another sign of independence is someday <laughs> they're going to move out. Can I get an amen? You know what? That, that's the goal. You want your kids to grow up. You want your kids to, to progress in life. That's a sign of maturity. Maturity is seen in what you can do by yourself. We've all experienced it personally. We, we see it in those around us. We know, hey, if you're growing up, it's revealed 
as you become more independent. And here's what I want us to recognize today as we lean in once again to John chapter 15. Maturing in Jesus matters. Maturing in Jesus matters. The good news is we all have access to this free gift called grace. And and we, just through simple trust and faith in what Jesus has done for us through his life, his death, and his resurrection, guess what? We can experience connection with him. But friends, I want to remind us, that's just the starting point. That's not the end game. You see, Jesus, he, he gives us this invitation not just to connect with him, but he also wants us to grow up. He wants us to mature. Can you say mature? You see, maturing in Jesus matters. Consider Jesus' words. We're going to continue on in John chapter 15. Look with me to verse 4. Last week, we focused on verses 1 through 3. We'll go to verse 4. It says this. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. You see, here's something important. You might just want to jot this down. Remember who is who. Because there's been way too many seasons in my life, maybe you can identify with this, where I wanted to be the vine and I just wanted Jesus to kind of be a little attachment on my life. That's not what he's saying here. He says, no, 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 I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, He is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. See, this is the final of seven different I am statements that Jesus makes. In a few months from now, we're going to journey through all of those I am statements. But here we focus in on this last I am statement. It's in the context of the night that Jesus is betrayed. This section of scripture, John chapter 13 through 16, often is called the upper room discourse. Jesus has washed his disciples' feet. Jesus has shared the the meal with them that we now call communion. And all of this teaching is taking place that he's going to die, he's going to suffer, but he will rise again to life. And in this context, Jesus is talking about his role in our connection with him. In fact, most scholars believe that Jesus has now left the upper room with his disciples. They're journeying on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is going to pray. And in the backdrop, as Jesus is telling the story, the temple stands there on the Temple Mount with a golden vine reminding the people of Israel that God sees his people as a vineyard. But it's in that backdrop that Jesus says these words, I am the true vine. In other words, I'm the fulfillment of everything that the Old Testament prophets had told you about. I am the real thing. I'm the true vine. Jesus is using this analogy to help us understand what discipleship, relationship with him looks like. Every now and then, I I like to go to a paraphrase in Scripture just to see the same truth in a little bit different light. 
And so look with me to Eugene Peterson's paraphrase called The Message. Those same verses, here we go, John 15, starting in verse 4, says this, live in me. Can you say those three words? Live in me. You see, this is both a directive, but it's also an invitation. Don't miss this. Jesus is describing this, this abiding relationship this dwelling relationship. And, and here Eugene Peterson changes the wording a little bit and, and he describes it this way. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. Now, we talked extensively last week. The whole purpose of a branch is to produce fruit. It's why the branch is there. And Jesus continues this thought. He reminds us, you can't do this unless you're connected. He continues on. I'm the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and to be thrown on the bonfire. Now, again, I want to focus on those first three words, live in me. I found myself studying this week and, and just praying and going, God, what, what does that actually look like? Because so often I, I replace living in Jesus with activity for Jesus. Anybody else? We, we do Jesus-y things. Well, how do you know you're, you're in Jesus? I read my Bible today. How I many you know reading your Bible is good? But it's not a replacement for actually abiding or living life in him. Here, I think Jesus, what he's really doing is he's inviting us to actually get our life from him. You see the difference? Instead of storing up information about him, we're actually getting life from him. We live our lives out of that connection with him. This last week, I, I was processing this. I was praying through this. I, I was on the phone with my good friend, Eric Bowles, and we were talking. And I was just recounting how many times as a pastor, God in his goodness makes us live out what we're about to preach as pastors? I, I wish it wasn't always that way. I wish I had a job that I could just tell you how to do it and not have to worry about it. Wouldn't that be nice? And there's this illusion about the stage at times because it, it could be easy to, to believe that whoever stands up here, like there, there's just never any challenges. There's never anything that, that shows up in life that's difficult or, or man, like they just wake up singing hymns. If that's your image, just come hang out for a few minutes. But, but here's what God in his grace lovingly reminded me this last week. So often in the world in which we live in, maturity looks like independence. You can do things on your own. 
you arise to a level of self-sufficiency. And some of us who have served Jesus for a while, we, we kind of apply that same truth to ourselves, don't we? We know enough scripture. We look at things, we go, man, I don't even have to pray about that. I got this. And we move towards independence. But here's what God does at times in our lives is he reminds us, no, 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 you can't do this without me. See, here's the first principle that I want you to understand today. The more I mature, the more dependent I become on Jesus. You want to know what maturity looks like in the kingdom? It's not you stepping back going, man, I got this all figured out. Man, I, I can do this. No, the more I mature as a follower of Jesus, the more I find myself saying, God, I can't do this without you. God, I don't want to try to pretend like I can do this without you. Jesus, I, I cannot go through a day without you, let alone I can't go through an hour. I can't go through the next five minutes. Lord, I need you. But, but there's something in our human nature that says, I don't want to be dependent on anyone. I got this. I, got, I don't even need to, to pray about this. I, I've got this. But understand, when it comes to maturity, it actually looks like dependence, not independence. This is exactly what Jesus desires, but it's also what, what he welcomes. He says, remain in me. Get your life from me. See, here's the scary thing. If that statement is true, and I won't ask for a show of hands, but if that statement is true, the opposite is also true. Because if, if maturity actually looks like dependence on Jesus, what that means then is that independence is a sign of spiritual immaturity, but not only that, it's a sign of spiritual pride. I love you. Some of you guys are like, Tyler, I showed up today to be encouraged. Be encouraged. That dependence on Jesus is a sign that you are maturing. You're growing. But independence is a sign that you are spiritually immature. And not only that, but at some level, there's some spiritual pride that needs to be dealt with. Hear me, this is why prayerlessness is so dangerous. I don't even need to talk to God about this. I don't need to seek his face about this. I've got this. I don't know what to do. Meeting with people and I just, I, I have all the answers. I, I don't need to seek the will of the Lord or about my tone or about the way that I engage. No, no, no. The more I mature, the more dependent on Jesus I become. This is why, as a pastor, I'm so concerned right now with, with some of the formation that has happened in our lives over the last couple of years. You see, if we believe we can do this on our own, and not only do we not need Jesus, but we don't even need the body of Christ, it's dangerous. We depend on one another. This is why thinking that you don't need the church or you don't need to be in community with other parts of the church or you don't need accountability or you don't need correction. Friends, it's, it's dangerous. And understand, the more that I fight for independence, the more that I move away from the source of life. 
So maturity, it actually looks like depending more and more on Jesus, not less and less. Here's a second principle for us. You can use religion to produce works, but only relationship with Jesus will produce fruit. You you can leverage religious activity to produce some works. And guess what? Works aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves. They just become dangerous when they are a fruit replacement. And the reality is we we can lean into religious activity. Man, church attendance, awesome. Reading my Bible, awesome. Giving financially, serving, awesome. All of those things are good things, but if they're done disconnected from Jesus or independent of Jesus, understand you are producing works, but it's only in the context of relationship that fruit grows. See, I have to come face to face with this simple reality. I will never experience maturity or fruitfulness without the context of connection, deep abiding relationship with Jesus. Just like my car cannot start unless that key is connected somehow to the interior of the vehicle. In the very same way, our faith will not be fruitful unless that connection is there. I don't know if you caught this when we looked at those few verses today in John chapter 15. But Jesus said something important. Jesus doesn't say, hey, if you try to do this without me, it's going to be difficult. That's not what he says. Jesus actually says, it's going to be impossible for you to produce fruit. So you might be scratching your head and you're like hitting the start button going, why isn't this thing working? Have you checked the connection? Have you checked the connection? See, the problem is that looks can be deceiving. Amen? I said this last week. I'm still convinced of it, by the way. God's favorite fruit is Fuji apples. Can I get an amen? There's nothing like biting into a crisp, fresh Fuji apple, amen? Looks can be deceiving. Looks can be deceiving. See, the problem with with fake fruit or what I would call dead works is that it looks good, but it doesn't taste good. So there's, there's nothing quite like when you get the real thing, amen? Oh, man. You guys just go ahead. I'll, I'll be here in a minute. Just a minute. That's a good apple. That's a Fuji apple. That's God's favorite apple by the way. See, the problem of just using religious activity to develop works is it's a lot like fake fruit. It looks good, but you can't actually eat from it. And this is important because not only can you not eat from it, nobody can eat from it. This becomes dangerous. Because at times we go, look look at my church attendance. 
Look at my Instagram devotional life. Well, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Bible's open, the coffee, like the steam coming up, the filter just right. And, and here's the challenge. It, it has all of the right perspective, but there's no actual hunger for presence. It's like fake fruit. It looks good, but you can't eat it. And we need to come back to this place where we understand that there's a question that I think we have to look in the mirror at and ask, ask this. Is Jesus useful to us or is Jesus beautiful to us? Because there's times where where we can look at Jesus and say, Jesus, you're useful. You really help my conscience, my sense of self-esteem. I'm really thankful that I have you in my life. But is Jesus useful or is he beautiful? Lord, where would I go without you? Like the disciples who cry out to him, Lord, who else has the words of life? We, we, We don't know where to go or what to do without you. See, to them, Jesus wasn't just useful, Jesus was beautiful. You can use religious activity to create works, but at the end of the day, friends, that's not the goal. And we we need to understand there's there's different ways that you can approach relationship with Jesus. Some, they, they have a careless relationship with Jesus. In other words, you could take Jesus, you could leave Jesus. It's just kind of careless, doesn't matter. That's not most of us. There's others, though, we move another step and we don't have a careless relationship with Jesus. We have a casual relationship with Jesus. What is that? A casual relationship is when you have knowledge without intimacy or real connection. If I'm being transparent with you, this is one of my great concerns as your senior pastor is that we would find ourselves settling for a casual relationship where where we know stuff about Jesus. We we could quote some scripture or we we have some basic doctrine or theology and and we, we have some awareness, but there's no real intimacy. There's no real connection with Jesus. See, I think the better way is a third way of approaching relationship with Jesus, which is this. It's a consuming relationship. Anybody else, you ever had a consuming relationship? I remember when when Amber and I got married, this April we're gonna celebrate 20 years of marriage, and thank you. We got married when we were 14. Um, But I realized like this relationship, a marriage relationship is consuming. What do I mean by that? It reordered my life. I walked into the house, I didn't even know where my car keys were. Coincidence, I don't know. But stuff got moved around and shifted and that relationship, it it consumed me. And do you know Jesus, he he invites us into relationship, not just to kind of casually glance at him from across the hall. Hey Jesus, Sunday, good to see you again. All right, see you next week. Relationship with him as as if we are branches and he's the vine, it should consume us. It it changes everything. 
It's easier to have a casual relationship because my relationship with Jesus, I, I kind of get to call the terms. Jesus, I like you, just don't touch my bank account. Jesus, I like you, but don't tell me how to invest my time. Jesus, I like you, but I, I, I'm kind of into the attitudes that I live with. But a consuming relationship, guess what? Jesus is going, hey, I want some of your money. And you're like, you, you get to call the shots on that? Yep. A consuming relationship, Jesus goes, hey, guess what? Your time isn't yours anymore. I want you to use your time different. I want that attitude to change. I want, I want to shift and adjust this in your life. You see, the dynamic that we have to be aware of is we can use religious activity to produce fruit, but only relationship with Jesus will develop true fruit, real fruit, lasting fruit. Here's the third principle today. Understand a, a withered branch can't feed others. A withered branch, Jesus talks about when, when branches become disconnected, eventually they dry out and they are now useless, not useful. The whole purpose of a branch is to produce fruit, grow fruit. But understand this, and please don't miss this. Branches don't eat fruit, branches produce fruit. This is a reminder for us as we show up, man, we, we want to provide atmosphere and opportunity for you to be fed, but understand us as Life Center collectively, this body of believers, as we produce fruit, it's not just for us to eat. The fruit isn't just for me. It's not to please ourselves, it's to help feed others. Why? Because we want to produce fruit that brings glory to God, but also it allows the people of Pierce County to taste and to see that God is good. See, if we don't care about what is most important to Jesus, there is a disconnect from his heart and ours. And both maturity and fruit will lack at the end of the day, the branch simply contributes what it's received from the vine. So as we abide, the, the, the dynamic there should be that we're actually leading to maturity because we're dependent on Jesus. We're maturing. See, just like a withered branch can't feed others, neither can an immature branch. Because an immature branch, and, and listen, if you're new to Jesus, guess what? It's okay to be immature in your faith. Welcome. Man, I'm glad you're here. How do we become mature? We grow. We lean in. We, we abide. We live in Him. It's okay to be immature. It's not okay to stay immature. Just like for those of you who have kids, you expect them to grow. You would be concerned if your child stopped growing and they stayed at that place. No, you, you want to see them continue to grow and continue to develop. Can I remind you today, you live enough life, you go through enough seasons, withering happens. Withering happens. There's seasons and moments in life where, where maybe you feel less alive in that relationship with Jesus. Maybe you feel like there's a little bit of disconnection. Maybe today you just feel dry and dead in your relationship with Jesus. 
Here's the good news. Because of his grace, you don't have to stay in that condition. You might feel like you're in a withered season. You don't have to stay there. But it's also important for you to recognize it so that change can happen. Why? Because withering does not happen instantly. Withering does not happen overnight, but withering happens through a pattern of neglect and disconnection. Some of you, maybe you look back on seasons of your life and you remember when the fruit was real and man, you were growing and there was, there was just like this dependency on Jesus. Anybody remember like the, the first few months you found Jesus and you, you were like, Jesus, I don't even wanna fill up my car with gas without praying for a couple of minutes, right? I mean, you're just like, God, I, I don't know what I can do. But then we, we grow to this place of, no, I got this. I got this. I got this. Dependency on Jesus is the sign that we are maturing. And this last principle, Life Center, it's so important for us. Why? Because we don't just exist for ourselves. The branch, it produces fruit. It, it doesn't consume it just for itself. It, it produces fruit so that others can come and taste and see that God is good. It brings glory to him. Today, I want us to look at one last scripture in the book of Ephesians. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, it, the Holy Spirit is speaking through the apostle Paul and he's equipping, he's reminding the church God's plan for growth and maturity. And this is important because I, I want us to collectively understand what, Tyler, what's your role as senior pastor? What, what do you do? And ultimately I come back to the scripture over and over because it is my job description. My job isn't just to provide you a little bit of thoughtful content for your week. My job isn't even just to inspire you, though all, at, at times my prayer is that you do leave encouraged and inspired. But sometimes my job is to correct. How many of you are thankful for that? Nobody's thankful for that, right? Sometimes my job is to challenge. Sometimes my job is to confront. Sometimes it is to encourage and inspire and it's always from a heart to bless. But listen to what the Holy Spirit says through the Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. And God himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. My job as a pastor is to equip the church, to equip you, to come along the, the truth of God's word and say, here's how we put this into motion. Here's how this changes, how we live out life Monday through, through next Saturday. This is how we do this. He goes on to build up the body of Christ. This is my job. This is what God has called me to do. This is what I'm here to do at Life Center. 
I want us to be built up. I want us to mature, but maturity is not that we would arrive at some place of independence, but that we would grow more and more dependent on Jesus each and every single day. To build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity. Wow. Oh, keep going. Unity in the faith. Unity in the faith. We're not all gonna see eye to eye on everything in this room. Do you know that it, no matter how you vote, you're welcome in this place? Do you know no matter your, your social economic background or your ethnicity or the language that you speak, you are welcome in this place. We unify around faith in Jesus. That is the one thing that binds us together. Not our ideology, not all of those things. We have a biblical worldview because Jesus said this word is alive and active and it points us to him. This is what we unify around. This is what keeps us moving forward together. This is how we worship together despite all of our collective differences. To build up the body until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son, growing into what? Maturity, oh, don't miss that. Growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be like little children. Why? Because we've grown to maturity. We will no longer be like little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. Side note, just because it's on Facebook, just because it's on YouTube, just because there's an Instagram highlight reel does not mean it's good teaching. Be careful what you put in front of yourself and you're feeding on. Be careful, be careful. We'll no longer be blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit, but speaking the truth in love. Let us grow. Oh, would you say those three words with me, Life Center? Let us grow. All of us, collectively. If one part of this body grows and the other part doesn't, something's wrong. Let us collectively grow. Let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love. Did, did you capture that? Don't, don't miss that. It says this, from him, the whole body, that's the body of Christ. That's each and every one of us. The whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament. Every part of the body is supposed to promote the growth of the body. If you're a part of the body, how are you promoting the growth of the body? If you're a part of the body, how are you helping the body mature? How are you encouraging others? We exist to help promote the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of what? Each individual part. You're saved individually, yes. But that individual salvation that you experience when you put your trust in Jesus, it's not designed for you to try to become independent 
of Jesus or independent of the rest of the body of Christ. I need connection with Jesus and I need connection with the body. And the body around you needs you to be connected with Jesus and the body around you needs to be connected to the body. Why? Because we help each other grow. Friends, this is what maturity looks like. It's not arriving at some place of independence. It's actually growing to a deeper place of dependence every single day on Jesus. Can I invite you to bow your heads with me today? I want to take a moment and pray. I want to pray first and foremost for those who are maybe in this place and you have yet to put your trust in Jesus. Maybe today you recognize with that simple illustration that, that you've been using religion to produce works But because you're disconnected, you you realize, man, Tyler, I'm called to to produce fruit, but that fruit only happens in relationship. I need relationship with Jesus. Today, maybe you you want a fresh start with God. You want to know that your sin is forgiven, that, that you're a new creation. Today, if that's you, would you just simply raise a hand, hold it up for a moment, because we're going to pray together for those who are in that place who would say, Tyler, I'm ready to be made new. I'm ready to put my trust in Jesus. If that's you, raise a hand up. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. You can put those hands down. Second, I want to pray for those of us who would understand, you know what, Tyler, it's, it's my time to move towards maturing. Maybe I've been around Jesus, maybe I've been in the church a long time, but, but I've, I've started to become more independent instead of dependent on Jesus. I realize that I got to lean in. I want to bear fruit that only comes through relationship. I want to allow the fruit of my life to feed others that they could taste and see that God is good, but but some maturing has to happen. And I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. If that's you and you say, I'm going to move towards maturity. If that's you, would you just simply raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment. Say, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. You put those hands down. Father, I thank you for each and every individual that's in this place today. God, thank you for those who are joining with us online. God, I pray that we would move towards maturity. Pray that there'd be a greater dependence in our heart on you, Jesus. But it wouldn't just be a mental thing. It would would literally be a consuming relationship that would reorient everything about who we are. I pray that we would mature and that we would produce fruit and it would be fruit that would first and foremost bring you glory, but it would also be fruit that would bring hope to a hungry world that they could taste and see that God is good. So help us to mature. Help us. Holy Spirit, lead us this week. Guide us. We can't do this without you. Lord, I pray as well for those who raise their hands saying today they want to put their trust in you. Life Center, can we pray this prayer with those who are maybe praying this for the very first time? Would you say these words? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.
Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision today?